0: And Bishop Robert Gruse, the Bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. In late May of 2015, the Diocese of Rapid City began an envisioning process meant to assist in clearly defining a course for ministry for the diocese for the next three to five years. The outcome of this process would help to strengthen and focus the resources of the diocese so that more effective ministry could be carried out in building up the church in western South Dakota. From this planning process came the Diocesan Priority Plan, outlining a carefully defined mission statement to serve as the Foundation. It also produced a set of core values that guides how we conduct ourselves as the Diocese, a five-year vision statement to direct our plans, three major priorities for the Diocese with supporting goals, and goals for the foundational ministries of Church in Western South Dakota. In July of 2016, I completed a pastoral letter entitled, Through Him, With Him, and In Him. A Spiritual Guide to the Diocesan Priority Plan. This document clearly defines the priority plan. And I have invited and encouraged everyone in the diocese to read and fully engage this pastoral plan so that as our sacred mission states, each of us can do our part in attracting and forming intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. What you are about to hear is a reading from Through Him, With Him, and In Him. A spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan, followed by a group discussion with a panel of laymen and women and me. We continue our readings of the core values. The core value of mercy. The fourth core value is mercy. One way to describe this core value is the steadfast kindness, compassion, and forgiveness received from God and extended to others. This core value is not only at the heart of the Gospel, but is also at the heart of the current jubilee year of mercy proclaimed by the Holy Father. Pope Francis has a special time for the Church. We are called to be merciful just as our Father is merciful. Pope Francis, from early on in his pontificate, has expressed the importance of mercy in the life of the Church. In his second homily as Pope, given at the Church of St. Anne in the Vatican, he shared these words, And Jesus has this message for us. Mercy. For me, I see this with humility. It is the Lord's strongest message. End of quote. In this year of mercy, Pope Francis invites us into a new and deeper encounter with God, who is love. It is an invitation into a deeper encounter with God's unbounded generosity. Mercy is God's undeserved, unmerited divine grace the grace that our compassionate God pours out upon us to help us overcome the miseries of our lives and to meet our deepest needs. When we open our hearts to it, our lives are transformed, our relationships are transformed, and our ability to embrace and experience all of life, both the good and the bad, is not only transformed but renewed. This is what God's mercy does for us. In his letter to the President of the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization, informing him of the Year of Mercy, Pope Francis said, It is indeed my wish that the Jubilee be a living experience of the closeness of the Father, whose tenderness is almost tangible, so that the faith of every believer may be strengthened and thus testimony to be ever more effective. Pope Francis looks upon mercy in these ways. The Word itself reflects and reveals the very mystery of the Holy Trinity. It is the ultimate and supreme act by which God comes to meet us. It is the fundamental law that dwells in the heart of every person who looks sincerely into the eyes of his brothers and sisters on the path of life. And finally, mercy is the bridge that connects God and man, opening our hearts to the hope of being loved forever despite our sinfulness. Mercy is God's way of reaching out to the sinner, offering him a new chance to look at himself, convert, and believe. This conversion, stemming from God's initiative, restores our relationship with him. This divine mercy is what inspires each of us to love our neighbor. It will be a great challenge to reach out to others in mercy if we have not first received it ourselves. A society which cultivates self-sufficiency, idolatry of money, and lust for material things inherently creates an apathy or indifference toward the poor. Even for Christians, this can become a real temptation. The mercy of God is the beating heart of the gospel and therefore invites us to open our hearts to those living on the outer fringes of society fringes which modern society itself creates. How many are the wounds borne by the flesh of those who have no voice because their cry is muffled and drowned out by the indifference of the rich? During this jubilee, the Church will be called even more to heal these wounds, to assuage them with the oil of consolation, to bind them with mercy and cure them with solidarity and vigilant care. These words were from Pope Francis. Let us not fall into humiliating indifference or monotonous routine that prevents us from discovering what is new. Let us open our eyes and see the misery of the world, the wounds of our brothers and sisters who are denied their dignity, and let us recognize that we are compelled to heed their cry for help. May we reach out to them and support them so that they can feel the warmth of our presence, our friendship, and our fraternity. This is the Church's mission. The Church is most authentic and credible when she is proclaiming and living the saving mercy of God. Pope Francis desires that all those places where the Church is present, especially our parishes and our communities, become islands of mercy in the midst of the sea of indifference. In other words, putting our Christian faith's distinctive features back at the centre of our personal lives and of our communities. In this year of mercy, each of us has been invited to gaze even more attentively on mercy so that we may become a more effective sign of the Father's action in our lives. This is a clarion call to spend time daily seeking mercy ourselves through personal prayer, reflection upon the sacred scriptures, reading the lives of saints who are great examples of mercy, through sacramental confession, and engaging in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. This Year of Mercy invites us to engage the corporal and spiritual works of mercy as a way to reawaken our conscience, too often grown dull in the face of poverty. In doing so, the sick, the suffering, the poor, and those most in need will be able to experience the mercy of the Gospel through us, modeling the mercy of Jesus. Rediscovering the corporal works of mercy leads us to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, welcome the stranger, heal the sick, visit the imprisoned, and bury the dead. Rediscovering the spiritual works of mercy lead us to counsel the doubtful, instruct the ignorant, admonish sinners, comfort the afflicted, forgive offenses, bear patiently those who do us ill, and pray for the living and the dead. The ministry of mercy is never far from the ministry of solidarity. Being merciful just as our Father is merciful is the heart of the Church's mission. The Father never tires of casting open the doors of His heart and of repeating that He loves us and wants to share His love with us. The following are behaviors which exemplify this core value of mercy. We will daily receive and proclaim the merciful embrace of the Father. We will seek God's mercy regularly in the Sacrament of Reconciliation we will forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. In the spirit of the Good Samaritan, we will carry out the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. We will attend diocesan Year of Mercy events. In looking at this core value of mercy, all peoples and families of the diocese are encouraged to reflect upon the way in which they are currently living this core value, assessing its centrality in their lives. Reflect upon those behaviors just mentioned which exemplify this core value and consider how you might fully embrace this life of mercy. May we all live this extraordinary jubilee year dedicated to daily living out the mercy which the Father constantly extends to all of us. Let us never tire of extending mercy and always be patient in offering compassion and comfort to others. We give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His mercy endures forever. I would now like to bring in our panel for a conversation on this wonderful uh, core value of mercy. And, and panel, welcome. Thank you for being with us today I invite you to introduce yourself um, to our listening audience.
1: I am Deacon John Osnes. Um I am also Joni's husband and we have been married 36 years. We've been blessed with three grown daughters who brought us three grown sons and produced two grandchildren. I am a Permanent Deacon in the Diocese of Rapid City and have been ordained 17 years. I am assigned at Our Lady of the Black Hills in Piedmont and uh, we have been parishioners there for 31 years.
2: Hi, my name is Anna Robbins and I am a mom of 3 I've been married to my husband for almost 17 years. Uh, we are members of Our Lady of Perpetual Help Cathedral and I am currently um, involved in Mercy Nights, Encounter Nights and um, the Healing and Deliverance Industry.
3: Hi, my name is Hugh Brechtel and uh, my wife, Carol, and I participate here at the cathedral and uh, we're both consecrated lay ministers and we work with several ministries within the parish.
0: Great. Welcome to all of you. Yeah, you know, I want to begin today, you know, it's Pope Francis, he's very, been very clear in, in a lot of his writings and certainly in the Year of Mercy that, that we finished up, um, you know, a year ago or so, I guess it was about that time. But he, he talks about, you know, that mercy is the church's mission. And that the church is most authentic and most credible when she's proclaiming and living the saving mercy of God. So if that's the case, I mean, obviously you're all very faithful, faith filled disciples of Jesus Christ. And so how have, um, you know, in your own life, can you just share a little bit in your own life, of how you've experienced, you know, if this is the most authentic and credible when she's proclaiming this and living this, how have you experienced it as being a part of, of the church?
2: I would have to say that that experiencing mercy as a part of the church has been experiencing God's love in in an intangible way. It's like it becomes real. It becomes something that you experience just on a different level. I've been through our healing services. I know my first experience of it was, that was very profound, was actual physical healing that I received of some back pain that I had had. and I, looking back, I think that God really wanted to let me know that, that His mercy is, is that real that I would then feel compelled to share it with others. So that's been my experience.
1: I think God's mercy, first of all, for me, is uh, you know, personified by, by, the, by my marriage and my wife's forgiveness. That, that Just ongoing mistakes that I make and, and, and her mercy toward me. And that really sets the foundation of, because it's so up close and personal, that really sets the scene for recognizing God's mercy through other people that accept me for where I'm at as a sinner, and uh, and then call me forth to be a a better husband and deacon and just a person. As
3: I was reading uh, the chapter on, or actually the priority plan, I was reflecting on the poor and... Christ's love for us and how His mercy was throughout His life, and He used that mercy when He when He worked with the people who uh, He healed, allowed, and and actually took the cross for our sins, and all of the things that He did for me, even though I might be the only one, He would have done it. So I I see mercy in in so many things, so many aspects of, of our faith. As I sit in adoration and, and look at the Lord on the cross, I, I, I think how, how much I appreciate um, all that He has done for me and all those who came before me have done for me.
0: You know, Anna, to pick up on something you said, that you experienced mercy as God's love in a very tangible way. You know, how beautiful is that? You know, when we think about mercy, it really is God's undeserved, unmerited divine grace, right, that brings healing to our lives, and it brings healing to the lives of others as we go out and share that mercy. You know, in the gospel, Jesus says, be merciful as your Father is merciful, right? And so all of us, each and every one of us in our own way, is, is this call to go out and, and live this core value of mercy. It must become one of the very central parts of our life, because it is the mercy of God is the beating heart of the gospel, and I think, as we all know, as disciples of Jesus, you know, we've all experienced mercy in our lives in very real, I think, intangible ways, as has as been mentioned. But we're also called to go out and live that with others. So what would be examples, perhaps, from your own lives? And, and it's not about bragging or patting yourself on the back. You know, we can only share mercy when, when we have received it.
1: Ani brought up the Mercy Nights that have been held since the Year of Mercy and ongoing at Cathedral and elsewhere in the, in the diocese. And that has really been an opportunity for me to lead a prayer team. I just go in just as a vessel of God's mercy. I don't know what's going to happen, but what's amazing is to me is people's trust in the work of the Lord that they come forward, I don't know them generally, they don't know me generally, but it's really they know something about the Lord's mercy and they will come forward and ask for prayer. And, and there's just an outpouring of uh, healing, an outpouring of forgiveness. Of course, we also have, because we have sacramental confession with those evenings, And so for me that has been a powerful, powerful expression and I'm so glad that they have continued beyond the year of mercy.
2: Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that. Um, I think that one thing our world is desiring so much is to be able to be vulnerable. And um, we live in a world that doesn't really allow space for that. Like you have to be successful, you have to be strong, you have to be all these things, and you know, I think that social media, especially for our young people, is adding to this. And I think that something about mercy nights that I've seen is there's a there's a vulnerability that people come forth with, and it and it's like in the trust that they come with. Like you're just a human standing in place of God's mercy and allowing that to flow, but in the presence of the real presence of Christ and with the sacrament of confession. Um, but these people come forth and they're just desiring that ability to be vulnerable and they stand in that space and the way that God pours out, it, I, every night I go home after those and I have to sit and I have to contemplate that for uh, over the course of several days because it's, it's, so, it's such a gift to me to be able to be that instrument and then to watch what he does individually. It's like his mercy is also so individualized to each person. It's incredible.
3: And so, you were talking about earlier the the fact that a lot of teens and and whatnot are even showing up at Mercy Night, What, what do you think the attraction there is?
2: I think that these young people are looking for acceptance and love. And I think especially, like I mentioned before, the social media. It's, it's this fake identity that, that is being portrayed for these young people. And they're so desiring someone to accept them for who they truly are, what their raw identity is, which is our identity in Christ, obviously. I've heard people say, I walked in the doors, and it was like, I felt it immediately. And I'm like, that's God's love. That's all it is. It's his love. It's his mercy. He's just, he's just drawing you in. And, these, and I, what I've seen is the um, middle school and high school, the week before I had held a mercy morning, where they actually did a mini version of this. And um, the young people, there was not time for everyone to go through prayer teams and such. So they mentioned about Mercy Night, and I think those young people were so touched by even that small experience. They just are open to that that feeling of God's connectedness.
0: Yeah, I think we live in such a, a broken world and a broken culture. And, you know, there's, um, you know, all of us are damaged in some way by original sin. And I think in a culture in which we live in today, it's just kind of like exasperate. I mean, that's even more, broken families, you know, young people are dealing with so many things today. And as we said, you know, they're trying to find their identity and they they get so much off of social media, which is obviously unhealthy for them and they don't know how to turn away from it. But I think they, at some point in time, they begin to realize their, their brokenness and their own need. You know for God's love and his mercy and for his healing for a new activation of the Holy Spirit in their life and maybe for the first time they realize that in these moments where people are praying over them or, or that God's love and God's mercy is real you know as it's, it's bringing healing to their life you know that, that speaks to the desire of their heart you know it's I think so it is a beautiful thing you know it's uh, it's in our
3: society, it's it, it's such a sh- everything is so shallow, you know the, the mass media and even the phones we carry around. It, it's it you're really just not not touching that person deep in any way. Um, and I I have to my granddaughter talked about one of the retreats she went on out at Terra Sampta and how when she was um, in adoration there how she just she just wept because she just felt the love of Christ just pouring in. and so um, there's, they're, they're, they're hungering for that intimate connection with somebody and the Christ is there. He's, he, he's hanging on the cross in an unbloody sacrifice at every Mass throughout the year. Uh, we can do that daily. What a blessing.
2: Yeah, and I really think that once you've been truly touched by God's mercy, like you understand that that's what that was that, that touched your heart. I think it's it sets a foundation that no matter where you end up in life, at some point you're going to remember that because it's that transformative to your heart. That I think that... You know, even these young people. I see even older people coming in and, and still experiencing, still experiencing, like, you know, just that for the first time. I know I, I didn't experience it until in my 30s at, at the first healing service with Father Maculay. It was like, finally, I experienced God's mercy, and it changed. It I can't deny it. I just keep moving forward with my relationship. That was,
0: like, one of my next questions. Like, what does mercy do for a person? You know, when they experience what happens. You know, when a person truly experiences the, the profound mercy of the Father, like the prodigal son coming back and the father embracing him with both arms you know when you experience mercy or when someone's i mean you've all probably have talked you've experienced yourself you've talked to others who have experienced mercy. what do people what does it do for them
1: i think that the my best expression of that would be that finally somebody listened to me that's an expression of mercy when you talked about here you talk about the shallowness of a world it's because we, we value, we, we put, our time uh, seems so limited. And so one of the expressions I have had is simply taking the time to be listened to and to listen to others. And um, and that image of the prodigal son, part of it is to be listened, to, to listen, the person comes forward. You know, what, what we have to be waiting you know, on the, on the doorstep to welcome them with an open heart but particularly an open ear. Am I, now that I'm a retired uh, engineer and, and can spend more time around the parish just hanging out, <laughs> it's amazing how people, when they cross that threshold, how simply, first of all, listening and then even silently raising them up in prayer and their lives seem to the Lord works to make their lives better he knows their needs better than I can even my listening ear can do
2: yeah I would say one thing well one thing it did ultimately for me was I just like desire to know him like I just I mean, just I'm on this constant journey of like, can you, I, you know, I think if he re- revealed himself fully all at once, I'd just stop doing everything and live in adoration because I just <laughs> want to be with him. I mean, I get why he does thought I, I keep thinking that as I'm driving. I'm thinking, Lord, if you showed me like your love all at once, I don't think I'd want to do anything else besides sit in that. So obviously I have to wait. But it just, it, it really set me on fire to know who he is. And then it's transformed all other relationships in my life because to constantly be aware of his mercy in my life has and I, I can do nothing other than give it to others. I can do nothing other than to forgive, even if it doesn't happen right away. I know that it, it happens slowly and gradually, even towards people who have hurt me time time again. So I think it's just it's just it transforms, you know, like to love God and love others. It, that sounds so difficult. It gives you that capacity to be able to do that. You're
3: talking about uh, not being able to to uh, or having all of that that mercy coming or the love coming at once. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of the Transfiguration where we're, if Christ was to sh- was to reveal a, everything to us, we we probably couldn't take it all it would be overwhelming to us and so I, I, I am appreciative of the fact that he has revealed himself to me over the years um, probably the most marriage encounter where my wife and I became um, to understand the, a lot of, of how to Communicate, um, Carcel, where I actually got a deeper relationship and, and a, an appreciation for for the value of just spending time with the Lord in a in a quiet time, um, just praying and and asking for His His graces, even though I know that I'm a, a an unworthy vessel. Um, and so, it to me has just been a a gradual and and a very appreciative. Uh, growing of my faith over
0: the years. I, mean, I think that's what mercy does. It, at least from my own experience, and I think it was shared here and, and among, uh, among us, uh, it, it leads us, draws us, brings us into this deeper relationship with the Lord. Right? Yeah. And um, Jesus is the face of the Father's mercy. And so this mercy itself, it, it, it gives us a, a new chance Every time we receive it, it gives us a new chance for conversion. And what is conversion? But I think one definition for conversion is is longing, is a new longing for God more than longing for anything else. I mean, when our hearts begin longing for God more than other things, um, then we have been deeply drawn into this mercy. Because if you think about original sin, what did original sin do? It's okay. it, it it separated. You know, it turned Adam and Eve away from God. And so when we receive the mercy of God, we're drawn back into this relationship in a new way. And there's always this new chance. It brings about a new chance for conversion, and which is what is conversion, but it's turning us, turning back to the Lord with all of our heart, our mind, and soul. Because, you know, that's what love is. If you take the word misericordia, you've all heard of that word, right, before? You know, it's a Latin word. In some sense, it means it means mercy, right? That's kind of sort of a kind of a literal translation that we um, hear in, in, in the in the church today. But if you take the Latin word and and it's kind of cut it in half, misery, cordia. So the word cordia comes from a Latin word that means heart, right? And misery. So when we think about mercy in the sense of misery cordia, it's the heart entering into the misery of others. So the misery cordia of God is the fa- is the father's heart entering into the misery of his humanity of us into our into, into humanity. How beautiful is that? You know, and so when we have experienced mercy ourselves it it leads us naturally Um, because that's that's the natural flow of grace. It leads us naturally um, into the misery of others. So we're able to see the misery of others. And then when, when we can see the misery of others, we can enter into their misery. Our heart meets the misery of others. And so then we become the face of the Father's mercy in many ways. Huh?
2: This is one thing that I've kind of been um, pondering lately. It's, it's I think we live in a society that's it's um, people you know don't be a Debbie Downer, don't focus on the don't negative, be a what a Debbie Downer oh. or don't focus on the <laughs> negative or stop talking about all your problems all the time or you know every time I see you uh, you know and and I found myself like I'm drawn to that in people I'm drawn to like their wound their weaknesses and everyone's like why do you talk about everyone's wounds all the time I'm like I desire to know what your wounds are because I just know how much God wants to come into those. And I feel like that's really the way that, I feel like that's the way Satan's at work right now, is he's just teaching people that those aren't wounds. Just leave those alone, don't mess with those. And that's exactly where God wants to to come into, and that's where he wants to meet us, is in that place where he wants to come in and transform that space of our hearts. And so I think it, it really is hard in society right now. I think they're really challenging people not to be vulnerable, not to be weak, not to be... And that was one of the greatest things I thought when I heard that, um, come to me, all who are weary, and you know my grace is sufficient for your weakness. I thought, oh, good! I don't have to be everything anymore. I can just be this, and God can work in this. And so, I think that's that's really a place where God's mercy is trying to get to right now is those places where people are hiding. They're hiding those wounds. They're hiding that that weakness from Him, and, and He's wanting to come into those.
0: Yeah, well, when we hide, uh, if you look at this in the context of mercy, when we hide, what does that bring forth? in the human person. Shame, I think shame, but I'm, but also it brings, you know, people, people wonder, well, you know, am I, have I experienced mercy? Or if I'm not experiencing mercy, what is the reason? What is my response to not experiencing that? I mean, how am I living life? Mm -hmm. If I'm not living a life in the mercy of the Lord, what is, what, what are some of the characteristics of my life? Um, that I would, I would see, I mean, I would suspect it would be things like indifference. Mm-hmm. It would be indifference to the misery of others, right? You know, we would reject people for whatever the reason might be, which is another form of indifference, right? It, we would, there would be apathy toward others and toward the mi- misery of others, you know? And so mercy allows us to overcome, you know, the you know the, the feeling of indifference in our own lives or the feeling of apathy toward others, and we all have that because it's part of the sinful condition right but that's why I think important mercy to to open our hearts to the to the Father's mercy is so important so our so our lives don't become one of apathy or indifference or that we will see in each and every other individual um the very life of Jesus himself huh.
1: I think that, it, for me, one of the obstacles to mercy is uh, maybe it's a little different is, is having been judgmental at times. You're not indifferent, you're not apathetic, you make judgment. I made judgments that um, once you got to know the per, a person, you found out, oh, that was so wrong, they really needed, not. they definitely didn't need judgment, they needed mercy. They needed to be listened to. And they're not always dealing, they're not dealing with excuses, they're dealing with reasons that sometimes are very deep-seated.
2: Yeah, I think that in some ways, when you you read about the Gospel, when you read the Gospel and you're called to live the Gospel, sometimes you go, there is no way I can do what Jesus did. There is no way I can treat people like Jesus did. There's no way I can act like Jesus did. And I think that once you experience God's mercy, you become more capable of being Christ and being like Christ because it's, it's the only way. Sometimes it seems completely like crazy to have forgiven someone who did something or to look at someone who's acting badly and say, you know, I can understand why or I can be merciful towards that person. And so I think that experiencing God's mercy actually allows you to be Christ in the world. It's like the only way, and it's just God's love. To, to experience God's love allows you then to
1: share God's love. It's the only way, but it really is an entry point for others experiencing your mercy. They, they may may not understand and be able to comprehend the mercy of the Father, and in that sense, we are called yeah. to be the, the the face of mercy. Yeah. They're willing to people are willing to open up and and allow us into that intimate place that we really want God to be in. But we're the first step. And that's why I'm so happy that, that this core value is expressed uh, in our diocesan document, our diocesan priority plan. That it just didn't, it wasn't just a year of mercy. Yeah. It's a long-term, it, it's a long-term work that God has been doing since the beginning and sent us Jesus to, to be the Father's face and now we are called.
2: Well, and I think a big part of that for our diocese is our bishop, because uh, you, Bishop Bruce, are so... And you, I, mean, I would say that I experienced God's mercy through your leadership and the, the way that you are in this diocese. Well, thank you. You're
0: welcome. That's very kind of I mean, of you. I even
2: got the opportunity to pray with you at Padre Pio for three hours, and I just told people, I'm like, to know our bishop's heart and to see the way he prays with his people. You guys, it's incredible. It's like experiencing God's love. And so I think that when a leader is open to something being present, in his diocese, it just flourishes. And you can see that God's just taking that open door.
0: Well, you're very kind. <laughs> you're very kind. You know, what are some of the ways, you know, um, you know, in, in, in through him with him and in him in this, um, spiritual guide to the pastoral priority plan, you know, we have, so we have the core values, right? Mercy being one of the core values and every, you know, core value has listed in, at least in this document, you know, a, a set of behaviors, which exemplify this core value of mercy. Um, what would some of those be? So, if a person was was living or receiving this 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 value or this core value of mercy. What would be some of the behaviors that would exemplify that?
2: I think that you have to. This is something that I just kind of realized. Or maybe the Holy Spirit told me, um, but probably that, um, but that you have to experience, you have to be a part of the sacraments, you have to receive the sacrament confession, you have to receive the Eucharist, you have to participate in the grace that the church offers, because that is what, key, how God continually reveals himself to you, and to me that's, like, to me, and now that's God's mercy, I'm like, thank you for revealing a little more, thank you for showing me a little more, and it's like, the more he does that, the more my heart changes, and the easier it is for me to to be merciful. And so I'd say participating actively in your parish and in, in the sacraments of what the church has to offer and in prayer.
1: I think making real in our lives uh, that passage in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive others. Um, we've, we have expressed in this panel uh, the, the forgiveness that we've experienced in our own lives and others' lives. Um, and that's the forgiveness of Christ, and to pass that on and be willing to forgive uh, is a critical uh, element of, of that expression of mercy in, in our lives, in my life. And without
3: the sacraments, as Anna was talking about, we, we can't forgive. We, we Without reconciliation, without coming to an understanding of ourselves. And one of the things I noticed in, in my own life is that I thought that I had forgiven everyone. and it creeps up and it's like, oh, I forgot to forgive that person. I, I need to go back and look again and, and, and forgive as the Father forgives us. And that,
1: The tradition of the church also gives us uh, that, that, those famous lists of corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And, and simply to embrace, uh, just take on one at a time. You know, uh, uh, treat them, and this week I'm going to visit the sick. Hopefully this week we won't. I won't bury the dead. <laughs> but uh, actually, that uh, you know that is uh, truly a time in which we can touch people, uh, in uh, in those times of grieving, to be present. So that's a very, for me, a very powerful a corporal work of mercy.
2: Yeah, and I think also that, you know, as a mother, a busy mother of three teenagers, well one's not quite there yet, but I think, you know, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, Sometimes, like, how do I do these? Well, I've started to learn to do them in my ordinary life. And I, you know, trying to be a little more open to how the Spirit's calling me. It may not be huge, it may be small, but in that person's life, God can make it huge. And so, trying to be a more merciful mother, trying to be a more merciful, you know, sister, and just trying to, in my ordinary life, to live out these works of mercy and to understand that God can do tremendous things even with small works.
1: Yeah, we always have thirsty children, thirsty relatives. (laughs) We we don't have to go too Too far (laughs) and not to grumble when we are being asked. Mm -hmm. We also
3: need to take it into the world and share that gift with others.
0: I, mean, I think in many parishes there's all kinds of opportunities in which every parishioner can, you know, can participate in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. You know, I think about how many how many parishioners are in the nursing homes in our parishes that people don't go and visit. You know, they have no one to come and visit them. You know, just to walk into the nursing home and spend five minutes with these people to, you know, to, to brighten up their day. You know, there's some, it's something simple. But obviously to live out the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, it has, you have to be intentional about it, right? And, um, and I guarantee you, you know, the, the more that we're able to share mercy with others, the more we receive back from the Lord. And it's this continual cycle of transformation of our own hearts. You know, people say, well, I can't be like Jesus in this. Well, yes, you can, because he's called you to do that. He's called you to be like him. And if he's called us to that, then he will help us get there. And the um, panel, we're out of time, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a great, great conversation. You know, you three, you're beautiful examples to me of people who live this core value of mercy. And so thank you for taking, it, taking the time today. You know, to share yourselves with, um, um, not with just, just with me, but all of our listeners. So let's uh, close in prayer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Holy spirit as, as it, it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now, and ever shall be, be, world without, without end. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go now in the peace of Christ. Thanks,
1: Thanks be to God.